This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Jackie O and you're listening to Militantly Mixed. Yo, this is Rashani from the Single Simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back listening to Militantly Mixed. Main Hustle Media podcasts are recorded on the ancestral lands of the Chumash, Tongva, Hohokam, and Yucateco Maya people, and we wish to pay our respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. Konnichi, what's up, cousins? Welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your Sir Auntie, Charmaine Fury, a.k.a. The Blasian Blurred, and this is episode 213. I realized just this last week how bad my numbering nomenclature is off because I've actually uploaded 230 episodes over the last five years, and for some reason I'm numbered at 213, and I know that I used to not number solo episodes, I think, or like if I did an extra episode in a week. So I threw everything off. Um, but I'm going to stick with the count that I'm at now and just keep going with it. And um, yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. Uh, today I am going to do a solo dolo episode. I notice that when my intros start to get too long, that means I've been backing up information <laughs> that I don't want to take up too much time on another person's episode to share things, um, but, you know, one of the things that is a, a part of Militantly Mixed is that I do share my own life as well, and so when I start to notice that those intros are getting a little bit too long, that means it's time for a solo dolo, and so here I am, checking in. Uh, the day that I'm recording this, June 23rd, this is pretty much marking three months of being here in Medida. I got here on March 23rd, 2023. I did my first... 69 days at an Airbnb uh, closer to the central of town and now I live in a suburb north of the central part of the city and uh, while it is a little bit more remote and like it takes longer for an Uber to get to you and shit like that um, and there's not a whole bunch of walkable amenities although I can get to a quick stop and I can get to a, a small grocery I need to get into an Uber to do proper grocery shop and stuff like that couple of taco stands nearby I have pretty much everything I need in the area that I'm in for long-term living and to view this as more of a place to live versus a place of vacation if I was closer to the center part of town I would probably still be in, in vacation mode and spend like I'm in vacation mode so it was kind of a good idea <laughs> to move out of that area and be in a more quiet neighborhood um so I'm pretty settled in, I think, for the most part. There's still some furniture pieces that we need and some creature comforts that we need uh, to be able to function like we're in a proper home. But for the most part, we're pretty settled. Uh, we have a house, three bedrooms, three baths. One of those bedrooms is going to be dedicated to my studio as soon as I can get an air conditioning unit in there. Uh, one is dedicated to my husband's office and that'll also be the guest room, and then we have our room as well. So just like I was doing in Houston, I have been recording from a vanity table that is in my main bedroom 
because it has AC in here and there's no AC in the third bedroom, which I don't even understand that because it completely makes that bedroom un unusable. It's too fucking hot. So if you follow me on my social media, my the Blasian Blurred stuff, um, TikTok and things like that, uh, you would have seen some videos I've been posting of me pretty much living in my hammock. And that is true. I'm basically spending large ports of time in my hammock. And while I have wanted to be a more present travel podcaster for my other show, Queer and Far, I pretty much kind of stopped recording episodes after the first month here um, because I, I just needed time to get settled. My co-host wanted me to do like weekly journal videos where I kind of talked about updating what life was like. And I wanted to do that too. And I recorded a couple of them, but I never posted them. And then I just kind of stopped working on that show altogether and just kind of gave myself permission to um, acclimate to my new life. And I'm finally at that place where I feel like I can I can be settled soon. Um, minus, again, a few creature comforts and things like that. I, I, can see a li I can see a life here. I knew really quickly, right away, within probably the first two weeks that I wanted to stay here. That, that was really clear. Lifestyle-wise, even though we were still kind of in vacation mode, there were things that we got a chance to experience that I almost want to say like made it impossible for me to even think about living in the U.S. again. Uh, right away, Tree got sick. Was it sick or hurt? Both things happened. I just don't remember which order. But we were able to call a doctor. Sick. He got sick. It was some kind of food thing, food poisoning or something like that. We were able to call a doctor who came to our house, did his whole exam, got him his prescription. We went, we walked down to the pharmacy, which was down the street, uh, all for under $50. Both the doctor's appointment fee and the travel for that doctor came to 750 pesos, which um, I think is around 37, $38 US. And, uh, and then we, you know, 10 ish dollars for medication and shit like that. Uh, so you definitely under $50 we spent. And, that happening so early and so quickly, it was like, oh, fuck, we don't even have insurance here. And yet we were able to have an appointment that would have cost us a couple hundred dollars uh, for urgent care and all that other kind of stuff if we were in the U.S. Uh, that was one of the first things that happened. And then since then, there's been multiple doctor's appointments where the doctor has come to visit both he and I because I eventually got sick off of something that he caught at jujitsu. Um, I had a, a sore throat, bacterial infection couple weeks ago you know and doctor came to the house to take care of that and yeah got medication the whole thing feeling much better now um tree's been injured and we've been able to see a doctor and we've been able to do all of this for under to be generous i'm going to say a hundred dollars a pop but to be honest closer to 50 to 70 um for each appointment that we've had i've had uh, vet appointments for my two older cats uh, that included an ultrasound and multiple, multiple medications that again, that also came in under $100 or maybe maybe about 120 or so. Um, and I've had dental work, extensive dental work since I've been here too, which also has cost under $100 a pop or close to $100 a pop for everything I've had to do so far. I still have more work to do. I'm pacing it out for my, you know, my own money management. 
but uh, the things I've been able to do here have taken me years to get done in the U.S. And so just on those merits alone, I knew I, I was going to be, it was going to be very difficult for me to go back to the U.S. Um, other than that, there's other things about life here that even though I don't speak the language yet, um, I <laughs> I'd rather be a foreigner that is still learning the language and still learning how to assimilate into the culture here than even a well-off American in America right now, if I'm honest, if I'm really honest. If I could go back to the States right now uh, and make $250,000 a year or stay here in Medida making damn near nothing, in podcasting, I'm fucking staying here. <laughs> I just, that's just what's going to happen. I'm just staying here. Uh, people are, are a lot generally happier here. And even if you're not interacting with people, you just are witnessing happy people in general in a way that um, you don't really experience often in the U.S. Um, people like to talk to you, which is new for me. It's something that I'm having to adapt to. And even if you don't speak the language, both of you sit there and try to communicate with what words you do know. And then we giggle and, you know, we shake and we, you know, part ways saying that was cool. We had that experience today. It's a, a, very, a lot different. Um, like even me, the, the me that I am here is a lot different. I'm a lot more open and comfortable to a stranger coming up to me to ask me a question about myself here than I am back home and I think that's just because I'm I, I have to be so guarded back home every time I go outside I'm risking being asked where are you from what are you know where are you really from know where were your grandparents born and while I do get the question where are you from here in Mexico the question that they are asking is what country were you born in <laughs> and then when I say Estados Unidos United States they go okay and then they go California or they go Houston because the direct flights here to Medida are Houston and Los Angeles. So those seem to be the go-to places where people assume you're from. And it just so happens I'm from both of those places, so it's kind of funny. Uh, so whichever city the person names, I usually say, yeah, that's where I'm from. Make it easier, especially because it's going to be too hard to, for me at this time in my language learning to go any further than that. Um, so, you know, they believe me, <laughs> uh, if that makes sense. They fucking believe me when I say I'm from the United States. I'm not even believed when I go to the United States through customs with my blue passport. But here in Mexico, when I say I'm from the United States, they fucking believe me. And there's no follow-up questions unless the follow-up question is what city are you from? And if they have a tie to that city, that's what sparks a further conversation. And it's never an invalidating conversation. It's never questioning whether or not I'm actually from where I say that I'm from. And so I realized after, I think it was like 11 days into the trip where my friends were still here in town and they're like, well, you know, what are you feeling so far? Like when you interact with people and I'm like, I've gone 11 days without being asked where I'm from or, or what I am. And at that time, that was the longest I've ever gone 
not being asked, what am I? And now I'm three months in and I still have not been asked, what am I? I have been the one compelled to tell people what my race and ethnicity is. And every time I've told someone, they ask me either, why did you tell me that information? Or they've told me it's not important, it's just interesting. It's gossip. So they view finding out what your ethnicities are here as gossip. In multiple conversations I've had with someone where I'm explaining why I don't speak Spanish, my go-to explaining why I don't speak Spanish is me to tell them I'm black and Japanese. Soy negra y japonesa. And they go, they shake their head in, their, in a way that um, I'm reading, I don't know if this is accurate, I'm reading it as that's not what I'm asking. That's not important information. Where are you from? What country were you born in? And so to live in a place where generally everybody is the same race, I mean, there are multiple ethnic groups here in Mexico, of course, and of course there's different skin tones and things like that, and there are black Mexicans and white Mexicans and all ranges of brown Mexicans. Some people are indigenous and some people are not. Some people are more Spanish and some people are not. You know, all of that stuff still exists here. But in general, the ethnic group that is associated with being in the country of Mexico is Mexican, and most people would tell you they're Mexican, and I'm reading that as my race, my ethnicity is Mexican, and they're reading it as my nationality is Mexican, and so they care about what your nationality is. When I've, uh, I've had two conversations with separate Spanish teachers, and both of them cautioned me against talking about race and ethnicity here. They said it's a very sensitive subject here and generally, especially for the indigenous people here. And so generally people won't want to hear about that. Now, in the case of my one of my Spanish teachers, he was really curious about me being a podcaster that talks about mixed race and identity and then also coming to a country where my ethnicity, my groups weren't here and so he told me, like, give me the chismosa, chismosa, the gossip, give me the gossip. And um, when I told him, you know, my father is mixed with this and my mother is mixed with this and I'm this, he's like, interesting, fascinating, not important. And that has stuck with me so much. My other Spanish teacher also said the same thing. What she said is, it's going to be interesting for you to be a podcaster that talks about race in a country that doesn't talk about race. And I was like, no shit. I didn't really know the impact of not being able to talk about race on a regular basis would be on me as an individual mixed person who happens to be a mixed race podcaster. So if I'm on, if I'm being fully honest and transparent right now, I don't know what this means for my future in talking about mixed race identity generally, because in the U.S., I'm always talking about it, not just as a podcaster, but at the grocery store because someone wants to know what I am, at the bookstore, at the vet, at the fucking doctor. You know, like there's no place that I go in any one day that somebody isn't asking why is my face not explainable to what they want it to explain. And being three months here... I'm having no conversations like that. The only conversations I'm having like that, I'm forcing. And, <laughs> and I can see that I'm making people uncomfortable because it is just culturally not what they do here. So if I'm meant to be 
a person who is coming to a new country without the intention of of gentrifying or colonizing, um, definitely at the risk of doing both those things, then I do need to adapt to the way the culture is here. And if that is the case, the only conversations I'm going to be having about race and mixed race identity are going to be from people either back home in the U.S. or the other parts of the world that people have been a guest from. The U.K., Canada, France, Madagascar, Ethiopia, Italy, you know. And being a person who is intending to live abroad for the rest of my life, even if that means moving to multiple countries, I'm going to have to evolve. <laughs> I'm going to have to evolve what it means to be the militantly mixed, mixed race podcaster if I'm living abroad, especially if I'm going to live in a country where race is not talked about. And I haven't been here long enough to be able to detect is race not talked about as in a, it's a dirty little secret. Shh, don't talk about it. Or is it literally just not that important to people? I can't tell yet. I haven't been here long enough. And unless I engage with somebody who is going to volunteer that information, I don't know when I'm going to learn that. So it does have me thinking about what the next phase of militantly mixed is because I know I can go on forever having one-on-one -on -one conversations with mixed people for the purpose of the show I know that I can but the way in which I participate going forward might change really dramatically if I'm also not dealing with the same things that my guests are dealing with in my everyday life if the only time I have to worry and I'm saying worry in quotes because I can't think of another word if the only time I have to worry about being a mixed person is when I press record, what will it mean for me to be a mixed person here? Because as freaky as it is for me to, to understand this, I'm not a mixed person here. I'm an American here. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> uh, I knew that this was going to happen. I knew that when I got here, because I've traveled abroad before, I knew I was going to be an American here. But it is so fucking crazy to be a second-class citizen born in the United States with a U.S. passport and U.S. citizenship. First level, U.S. citizenship. And be treated as a second-class citizen every single day of my life and even struggle to be granted permission to re-enter the country I was born in every time I leave it. To go from that and then come to Mexico and be granted first-class citizenship, first-class American citizenship here. I am obviously treated with privilege here, unlike I have ever experienced before, and it has fucked with me sometimes it really really has part of me has the instant reaction of feeling like I don't have permission to be treated with that much privilege part of me feels guilty that I'm treated with privilege in a country where a local may not be treated with that same privilege part of me feels disgusted that I'm receiving privileged treatment in a country where my local counterparts may not be receiving that same treatment. I am concerned about if I'm doing the right thing, being in a place where I'm going to be granted that kind of privilege. Um, 
and also knowing I can't bring myself to go back to my home country right now. I don't know if down the line I'm going to want to go back. I know that right now I don't believe that's possible for me to want to go back. So I'm really going through it here. Like I'm having to ask myself some really tough questions that I don't know how close I am to the answers on, if I'm honest. But my what's circulating in my brain right now, what, what's got me really um, thinking is... Will it, will I come to a point, living specifically in here in Mexico, since this is where I'm going to be for a while, will I come to a point where I am the wrong person to do militantly mixed because I'm no longer in an environment where I have to be militant about my mixedness or militant about racial equality in any way, shape, or form? Will I grow out of the mission? because I'm not experiencing that stuff on a daily basis? And do I have an opportunity? I'm going to use the word go forward, the words go forward, but I don't think that that's the actual, the accurate term. I just can't think of anything else right now. Do I have the opportunity to go forward in life being a person over being a mixed race person? And is that even a positive or not? I'm, I would have never believed in the past that it would be a positive for me to have to shake off this part of my identity. Um, and I, I don't think it would shake it off entirely. I mean, I'm 45 years deep in this, right? It won't go all the way away. But would, I, guess, I guess the flip of that would be, would I be holding myself back if I now live in an environment where I don't have to be on guard all the time, where my spidey senses don't have to be going off all the time as it relates to race and identity, um, racial identity, I guess, more specifically, uh, and I can kind of just live a life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so these are the things that I got rolling around in my head right now. I think um, this being the fifth year, us about to hit the fifth year anniversary of Militantly Mixed, it's a natural place to start to think about how to grow, how to evolve, how to shift the show in a, in a slightly different direction while still keeping the mission alive. Naturally, I was already getting to that point even before I got here to Medita. Because, you know, when you do the same thing for a long period of time, you do get to a point where you, you want to adjust it in some way, shape, or form, even if you want to keep doing it. And that's where I have been for about the last year and a half of Militantly Mix. I enjoy what I'm doing. I love getting this opportunity to talk to other mixed people. I love traveling and speaking and things like that. But as my life has changed so dramatically in leaving my home country, um, the things that become important to daily life for me is different than what was important in daily life for me back in the U.S. And I can already detect that. I can already tell that even after three months of being here. So that is going to have to force me to evolve in some different kind of way as well. And I don't see what that is yet. And I don't know how long it'll take. I mean, it could take me another year or two to figure out what that is. And in the meantime, I'm going to still be doing what I do, uh, which is having these conversations with mixed people from all over. But it's a concern. Will I grow out of being the right podcaster for this show? And that is possible. I don't see a world in which me and Militantly Mix are separate. This is a 
definitely something that is now on my mind because of what I have been experiencing since I got here. Um, so I think on occasion when I have these solo episodes, I'm going to fill y'all in more on kind of the, the things that happen to me or the things that I'm participating in while living here and how that is impacting my thought process on what that means for Militantly Mixed, what that means for me and Militantly Mixed. And maybe the show evolves into something slightly different. I mean, I've had plans for ages of other things that I can do through the Militantly Mixed umbrella that I think might be more feasible as I grow in this international life. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm curious though, uh, it's really got me thinking about this a lot. So for anybody listening right now, if you've left your home country voluntarily, I'll say that. Although if you didn't leave voluntarily there, you were still experiencing similar things, I assume. If you've left your, your home country and you're living in a place where how you dealt with your racial identity has shifted, like because the culture that you're now occupying deals with race and identity differently, um, I would love to talk to you about this. And I think I need to actually do like a panel discussion or like a series of episodes or something like that about this um, because I think I need a mentor of someone who's had this experience before. I need to have these mentoring type of conversations with someone more experienced. Um, I'm used to being a slightly more experienced mixed person <laughs> on this show. But what I'm looking for now is someone who is further along in this living in a different country life and understanding the impact it has on your identity. So if you've left your home country for whatever reason and you're now living in a different country that deals with racial identity differently than where you come from, so in my case, I go from a heavily racialized country to a heavily nationalized and colorism kind of deal. Um, if you have something similar to that or like you've gone from the reverse of the experience I'm having, whatever, I want to talk to people that are in this um, thing, experience. And, and I'm curious to see what other people's experiences have been like. I have talked to people on this show in the past who have moved from different countries to different countries. I'm definitely going to be digging back into my crates to re-listen to some of those episodes and maybe even reaching out to those people again too. Um, but if you're new and I haven't talked to you yet, this might be a good opportunity for us to have a very specific the topical conversation yeah yeah anyways uh what else is going on well we're still in the midst of the be your mix SF anthology which we will be closing submissions on june 30th we have gotten a couple this month since we reopened it um i do hope we get quite a bit more though so as we're coming into the last week or so of the month if you are working on something, you just haven't submitted it yet, could you hit me up with an email? Let me know so that even if I have to keep the window open a few more days, I can for you. Um, because we have more pages to fill. We would love to get more work inserted into this. And if we have to extend it for a little bit longer, we can make that work. Uh, but we do have to get to a point where we eventually close that door. I just hope that we get a little bit more entries before that happens. Head on over to militantlymix.com, click on the Be Your Mix SF Anthology tab, go through those guidelines, submit your submission free, send me your work, 
and we'll get it from there. And you can also donate to the project if you would like to just donate to it um, on that same page all the way down at the bottom. That leads me into the fifth anniversary of the show. Because we are hitting the fifth anniversary, uh, I wanted to do some sort of celebration for it. But if I'm honest, life has been a little bit hectic the last couple of weeks and, and getting myself settled. I wasn't able to plan the event that I was originally thinking of doing. So in replacing that, what I'm actually going to do is host a Instagram live on July 5th. Uh, five o'clock Pacific, which is six o'clock my time, which is seven o'clock central time, which is eight o'clock uh, Eastern time. And I forget I had it. I had what the GMT time was then. But anyways, you get an idea. That's what time it is. Uh, I'll be hosting an Instagram live and um, I'll be answering questions. If anybody wants to ask questions about me, about the show, about anything, about life, whatever, that'll be the time that I will be doing it. And from time to time during that live, Cousins of the Militantly Mixed Podcast will pop in. People who have been guests on the show in the past, people that I've worked with very frequently after being a guest, will kind of trickle in. We'll talk to them for about five minutes and then we'll go on to the next person or just do some solo time with me. So I would really hope that you all participate. I would love to have a big turnout to celebrate the fifth anniversary of this show. So if the show has meant anything to you over the last five years, please, please do come and hang out with me on Instagram uh, on July 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and come with the questions, and I will answer them as long as they aren't uh, inappropriate, I guess. <laughs> and maybe even if they are inappropriate, who knows? I might answer them anyway. Uh, but I already have a few people that say they'll pop in and spend a little time with me in the chat, um, so you might have questions for some of them too, and that'll be welcome as well. I'll play a little bit of music bring your food, do a black tie. I don't know. Just have fun. Let's, let's just enjoy, enjoy the time together in bring, ringing in the new year of militantly mixed and, um, gosh, the start of the sixth year of the show, which is insane, but I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to seeing where I'm at a year from now, like how I'm going to feel a year from now after being in Mexico all this time and how the show gets to evolve alongside my evolution and everything too. I'm really looking forward to it. So I hope you all celebrate that with me. Uh, and I will also be taking that as an opportunity to continue to fundraise for the Be Your Mix Self Anthology or for the show itself through our paypal.me slash militantly mixed tip jar. So if you want to, if you want to send your, your main a gift, you can do that through PayPal. And the last thing that I want to mention before I get out of here is I am going to be pushing back my mental health hiatus from August to September. This year I have to, or this September, I have to go back to the States briefly to start my temporary residency process to Mexico. You have to do that outside of the country and it's better if you do it, from what I understand, in your home country. So I will be going back to the U.S. for a couple weeks in September to take care of all that stuff and hopefully bring some of my stuff from the U.S. to Mexico uh, so that I have a little bit more home here. Uh, so with that being said, I need to add some more episodes. I need to add some more interviews so that I can have episodes throughout the month of August. So I have reached out to the people who are currently sitting on the wait list of the uh, Be a Guest of Militantly Mix. Uh, for those of you who would like to be considered for being a guest in the future, you can head on over to MilitantlyMix.com and click on that Be a Guest 
button. You will be directed to a Google form that you fill out. And then you're just sitting there on the wait list until I reach out looking for new guests. And the way this usually works is that once a trimester, about a month or so before I start recording, I reach out and tell people that they can book based off of my schedule um, up to 30 days in advance, an hour and 15 minute session with me. And every now and then I get a cancellation or I need to do an extra episode or something like that and I'll reach back out again. This particular time I've actually reached out twice already, um, partly because I did get some cancellations and partly because I was working on things specific and so I was reaching out to specific people. This time I'm actually going to reach out a third time this trimester to add episodes for the month of August. So if you haven't already and you would like to be considered, mind you, when you get on the Be a Guest of Militantly Mixed list, you could potentially be on it for a while. It is it is a long list. And when I send out the email blast, I send it out first come, first serve. So if all of my slots that are available book up, I do close it. And then I reach back out the next trimester to people who missed out on being able to book in time. Sometimes I get emails from people that says, oh, all your slots are filled up and I tried. And then they'll make sure that I tell them or confirm that I will email them the next time. Um, sometimes, you know, I just don't hear back. So if you've been on the list for like a year and you've gotten the email several times, um, but haven't been able to book an appointment, uh, feel free to reach out to me just so that I know that you're still interested. Um, but other than that, you're going to keep getting the message from me until you are available eventually to book during my time. It's just that I book up to a certain amount of things and I'm trying not to book too many, I'm trying not to bank too many episodes like I used to. Sometimes I'd have like 17 episodes in the bank. And then by the time people actually got on the show, it was so anticlimactic for them because it, it would have been like seven months ago when they actually recorded with me. So now I try to keep it a little tighter. I try to keep you within the three-month period that I'm releasing episodes in between the hiatuses. Um, so I try not to book too many at a time, which is why I um, am going to have to add for August. I'm not banking more than I need in a given trimester. So I've already released that out. So if you've already filled that out, you probably already got the email from me. And I did already start to see people booking up. So first come, first serve, if, if you haven't seen me send an email saying I've closed the window, uh, you probably still have a crack at it. So click on that scheduling button and try to get yourself booked if you're already on the list. If you're not on the list but you would like to be, head on over to MilitantlyMixed.com and click on the Be a Guest of Militantly Mixed button. I, I was just about to get out of here, but I just remembered I didn't tell you all about Juneteenth. Um, last week, I mentioned that I would be going to the Juneteenth event here in Medida um, that is organized by Black Medida. There are a number of different black expat social groups here in Medida, and most people here are in all of them, uh, unless their priorities align with some more than the other. So there's like a black LGBTQ group, there's a, a more general tips and resources group, and uh, there's more of an event group, which is Black Merida, and stuff like that. So I went to the Juneteenth ceremony that they had or um, event that they had at a park here in town. I got to meet some people I had already been chatting with online um, but hadn't met in person yet. And then I met some new folks too. A lot of good folks. It was it was really nice to be that welcomed and, and people could identify me from, from being in the group and stuff like that too. 
I did also meet a, a Charmaine, which was weird. I don't know how y'all that have names that other people have, like, live with this in the world, but it is so fucking jarring to me. <laughs> it's so stupid. It is hella jarring to meet a person with my name. In my lifetime, I don't think I've met even five Charmaines, and one of them was named after me. I met a white Charmaine when I was temping once in Sacramento when I was like 21. And that was really confusing. She was dropping something off and she's like, da 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 Charmaine. I'm like, I'm Charmaine. She's like, no, I'm Charmaine. I'm like, no, I'm Charmaine. It was a whole thing. It was very weird. I then met a Chinese Charmaine, which I also thought was weird. I didn't meet her in Meet Space. I met her through email. We were working on a project together from two different companies. And it was weird to address an email like, hi, Charmaine, this is Charmaine. And uh, I feel like, oh, I met a Charmaine at my comic book shop in Houston. Um, she was also a C-H-A-R-M-A-I-N-E. I haven't met anybody who spells her name like I do. And then, yeah, Juneteenth, I met I met another Charmaine. Um, she's an elder to me, so she said the, to avoid confusion, we would call her Miss Charmaine and call me Charmaine, even though she acknowledges that I am in the age category for Miss Charmaine. Uh, she said no one believed me that I was 45. A lot of people were actually confused by my age, which is weird when that happens in the black community because it's like we all know the rule, black don't crack. But they did not believe I was 45. Um, I hit them with black don't crack and Asian don't raisin, and we got the giggles, but everybody was like, no, you're definitely in your 20s, and I that's too young. I don't mind if someone thinks I'm in my 30s, but if you think I'm in my 20s, that's weird. I'm not that, I don't look that young. That's weird. But anyways, we had a good time chatting about it. And what happens with Charmaine's, or I think anybody who has a super rare name, is that Highlander, there can be only one. Uh, we had to basically size each other up and interview each other to see if the other Charmaine was worthy of the name. By the end of our interaction, we enjoyed each other enough that we basically both granted each other permission to continue to carry the name. <laughs> uh, she was like, you know, you're cool. I wasn't sure at first when I found out there was another Charmaine in the group, but you're cool. It's okay. Like, you could be a Charmaine. And I was like, yeah, I enjoy my time with you as well. So, you know, you can be a Charmaine too. Um, but, yeah, usually when... Uh, so I had... Because of the interaction, I had something happen to me that I can guarantee to you I've never experienced ever once in my life. This is the only time this has happened. Someone else in the group knew the other Charmaine and called out to her. And we were both standing near each other, so we both whipped around and said yes. And then the person who called out to her looked at me like I was crazy. And then I said, I'm Charmaine. And the other Charmaine was like, no, this is for me, Charmaine. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Charmaine. And it was very confusing and weird. And she and I had a giggle. I don't recall if the other lady had a giggle, but she and I had a giggle about how strange it was. I was like, that has never happened to me in my life. So, yeah. Anyways, in future, in future events, she says that she does go by Char to her friends and I go by Maine to mine. So maybe that'll be another way that we can avoid confusion is if people call us by our nicknames or whatever. Or they'll probably call her Miss Charmaine and call me Other Charmaine since I'm the second Charmaine to the group. So weird. That's fucking weird. Um, but the food was really good. There was a couple there that was cooking. And so that was also one of those things that was very healing. Because when you leave your country, you do run the risk. If you can't cook, you run the risk of not getting your comfort food, you know. And I don't cook well at all. And I certainly can't cook my comfort food. So 
uh, getting a chance to have uh, you know a plate with beans and chicken and potato salad and cornbread and all that kind of stuff was really nice. I, I had a really good time. I had some really good conversations. I'm really glad I felt kind of my cup filled a little bit since I haven't been around black folks since I left Houston. And you really notice it immediately. Like when you haven't been around your people in a long time, it's just heavy. It's just really heavy. Um, so it was nice to get that chance to do that. And I'm really grateful for groups like Black Medita um, creating things that we can all participate in, even though we've decided to leave our home country. Um, so I highly recommend that. If you, if you are also living abroad, definitely try to look for social groups in your areas that, that connect to part of your identity because it, it really did charge the batteries a bit last week. And yeah, so I think now that is it, it. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Thank you all for being with me on this solo dolo episode of Militantly Mix. I really appreciate that even though uh, this show is usually dedicated to a conversation that I have with a fellow mix person, y'all still ride with me on the solo episodes and I usually get some comments about them. And so I do appreciate that y'all care enough about me in addition to the conversations that I have with fellow mix cousins out in the world. So thank you for that. Thank you for five years of Militantly Mixed, and as always, be your mixed-ass self. Peace, y'all. Militantly Mixed is a main hustle media podcast, produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Fury. Music is by David Bogan, The One. You can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Militantly Mixed. If you'd like to become a sponsor of Militantly Mixed, please go to patreon.com slash militantlymixed for monthly sponsorship or paypal.me slash militantlymixed for a one-time only donation. And if you like what you hear on Militantly Mixed, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to be your mixed-ass self. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.